few people along the way were like, I see that you really care about this and I want to help you. And that overpowered all the people who were like, what are you doing? Like, you're never going to be able to make this happen. So I will take good people over money any day, all day, every day. And I think that is a big reason why I'm here now and working with the people that I work with, because that's not the case off the bat. And so I feel really fortunate that I was able to figure that out. And it is so important to surround yourself with supportive people. That is how you're able to really feel good about what you're doing. That was Alicia Boniano, a.k.a. Bully. And this is Shiro's, a podcast with a mission to turn up the volume of women's voices in music across genres and generations. I'm Carmel Holt, and what you're about to hear is an interview from my syndicated public radio show, Shiro's Radio. Shiro's is a deep dive into the experiences and perspectives of women and gender expansive folks in a still overwhelmingly male-dominated music industry. It's a space where we discuss challenges and triumphs, how far we've come, and how far we still have to go. Telling our stories is the first step to making music better for everyone. When you're an artist that's used to making records entirely yourself, the bravest thing you can do is open up to the possibilities of including others in that process, even relinquishing some of those duties to someone else. Alicia Bonano is a triple threat of an artist, an engineer, and a producer who records and performs under the name Bully. Now a decade and four albums in, her latest effort, Lucky For You, is her best yet and marks a major shift in Alicia's career and her approach. The guitarist and songwriter worked with producer JT Daly and for the first time invited an outside voice to join her on a couple of tracks, Sophie Allison, a.k.a. Soccer Mommy. On top of that, she now has a supportive and trusted team, including her management and her label Sub Pop. And in our conversation today, you'll hear Alicia describe how all of this has added up to not only her best work to date, but an air of new excitement with lots of happy accidents and surprises with a collective positive attitude of go big or go home, compounded by the newfound clarity and focus that sobriety has given her. I'm thrilled to welcome Alicia Boniano, bully, as this week's Shiro in the Spotlight. Alicia Boniano, welcome to Shiro. Thanks for having me. Are you so excited about yeah. this new record? It's one of my favorites so far. Yes. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Tell us everything about Lucky For You. Oh, my God. I mean, it would take me ages, but it's my favorite record so far, I think. It's like with every record, I feel like I'm kind of getting better at asking for help or letting somebody in. And this one, the guy who actually produced it lived like five minutes away. And it was just the two of us playing everything over the course of seven months. And usually for me, it's like I'm in the studio and I'm there for two and a half weeks and then the record is done. And so this process was very unfamiliar, but so many things happened in that time span that ended up kind of being the body of the record. And yeah, it was just so fun. We're both like big tone nerds and sound nerds. And I think we bonded in that way where we were just like, how can we fuck up sounds as much as possible? Like putting vocal mics through pedals and there were like no limits. I played harmonica, which is 
so funny to me. <laughs> like, I don't play harmonica. It is hilarious. And it's just a new era, for sure. I feel really good about it. This must be a very, very special person. JT Daly yeah, is his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. How did the two of you meet? So we were tossing around names, and I didn't know JT. I never met him. I haven't heard of him. And my managers knew him, and they were like, he's great. He lives close to you. You should meet with him. Because I've always been really skeptical about collaborating in any way because it's just so personal and it's such a vulnerable place to be and just the idea of bringing someone in you know when I'm writing it's just like me in my room and I thrive when I'm alone I'm like a very big introvert like to do everything myself have always done it that way because I just have never expected anyone to do it for me so I was very skeptical I was like I don't know about this dude fine I'll meet with him and then I met with him and he was just a genuine fan and he had like been going to bully shows and the big takeaway I got from it was he didn't want to like change my sound or change what I do he was just like a fan and wanted to accentuate what he thought was best about it and a lot of the things that I didn't really like about myself or like what I do with music, lots of times my voice cracking and stuff, he would be like, no, that's special. We're keeping it. And I just felt like I had a really good support system and advocate. And he knew exactly where I was coming from and was just like so cautious of not overpowering or dominating anything. And like I was saying before, we're both just big tone nerds. And it was like a very special relationship. I've never worked with anybody in that way. Towards halfway through, I remember having a conversation with him where I was like, can you believe I'm like trusting you? Like, can you believe I'm like <laughs> taking any of your ideas? And he's like, no. And I was like, me either. Cause normally I'm just like silence all the noise, but he just totally proved himself. And he, he's like a gem of a person. A lot of stuff he does is in the pop world too. So this was like particularly fun for him because he had listened to the music and was a fan of it. So he just put so much time into it and, it was just a really incredible process and so different from anything that I had ever done. Okay, let's go to music. I want to play a clip of one of these songs. Anything come to mind that either sees you stepping outside of your comfort zone because you felt like you had that support for the first time or maybe where you tried something new? Oh, yeah. Hard to love. I feel like the longer I do this, my biggest goal is to just push myself out of my comfort zone, still staying like authentic to what I'm doing and liking it and just seeing how I can evolve. This sounds so pretentious, but as an artist, but that is like what it's about for me. It's like, how much can I grow? What can I do? Because if I'm doing the same thing over and over again, there's no point for me. And so this one, I was particularly bringing in a lot of different instruments. I had an OP one that I was using a lot and I sat down to write Hard to Love as basically just a writing exercise. And I was like, I'm going to do everything different for this song than what I normally do just to kind of get moving and see what happens. And I wrote, I started on bass and then it was like all synths. I use this Earthquakers bit compressor pedal that made my guitar sound like a synth and just all these crazy noises. And I had like butthole surface in the back of my head for some reason. I don't even, I don't understand, but I wrote it and I was like, this is never coming out. Like this is w between me and my computer right now. And then I was sending over demos to JT cause I wrote, you know, like over 20 songs. And so wow. he was like, well, first of all, my friend Brad was over, Brad Cook, who's incredible, and he produces— Wait, 
He's a friend of mine. Really? Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was over at my house, and he was like, what have you been doing? And I played it for him. And I was just, I was like, there's this one. It's so stupid. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. And he was like, you have to play it for me. And I played it for him, and he was like, you know that's sick, though, right? And I was like, no. And he was like, dude. That's, like, a good song. And I was like, no fucking way. Yes, fucking Brad. Yeah. He knows what's he up. He knows what's up. He like, knows what's up. And he is, like, I couldn't think more highly of a person. Like, I just, him and Stella, his wife, they're just very special to me. I've, like, stayed with them before, and he's just, he's really incredible to me. But he said that, and I was kind of like, huh, interesting. And then I included it in the demos that I sent to JT, and JT was like, we're doing this song. And I was like, no fucking way. And he was like, yeah, we are. And we like reworked it and made it sound a little different and kind of like saw it through. And then I was sitting on it and I was like, dude, I'm not releasing this. Like, no way. And he's like, it's so cool. And he sent it to my management and sub pop and everyone was like, yes, hard to love. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure. It's that is just crazy how it works. Hard to Love, Lucky for You, is the new one from Bully. She's our guest today on Shiro's Radio. I'm Carmel Holt. Okay, so I'm going to tell you when Michelle from Sub Pop sent me the record, she was like, well, they're all really, really good, but my favorite is Change Your Mind. And I was like, okay, cool. Thanks for the heads up, you know. And then we saw each other and I'd listened to the record through like several times. And I was like, yeah, but Hard to Love, though. And we had like a whole throwdown about it. Uh, they're so different. They could yeah. not be more di- In our meetings with Sub Pop throughout this whole time, I have so many crazy stories about this process that I could tell. But yeah. I'm not bragging when I say yeah. this, but they were like so, so many, many singles. Yeah. Like they were like the insane amount of singles. Like we can't really go wrong with it, which is not usually something that happens. Usually it's like there's one obvious song that you're going to push. And so the dialogue of going back and forth and everybody just being like, I like this one. I like this. <laughs> one the whole release of lose you like I haven't told this story yet what happened was we were going to release something totally different and then basically in a meeting with like 25 people on zoom the idea just popped up like what if we did that two weeks before the release we already had a video for the other thing we were going to release and we were all just sat there and we were like that's a good idea let's do it and we ended up going out with lose you which within the first week had like more plays than I've ever had on anything and it's like totally taken off at this point so it's just like that was an accident and that happened man you and Sophie Allison she's incredible have you ever worked with other women like this before I have never had anyone featured on a song before and she's on two I think right yeah lose you and and she just harmonies on change your change your mind Yeah. yeah The idea was kind of floated, and I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, hmm, who would I have? And I just think she is so incredible, and I think her writing is incredible, and I think her voice has so much charisma, and it's so special. And I had, like, reached out to her back when she was first getting started, and I was like, I love what you're doing. She was like, oh, my God, this is so sick. And then I got to watch her just, like, 
blow up and just like take over the indie world and I asked her to do it and I was so happy that she said yes because she doesn't owe me anything and she's busy and she's got way bigger and better things going on than singing on a bully record. you from the new Bully record, Lucky For You, Alicia Bonyano is our guest today on Shiro's. I'm just such a huge soccer mommy fan, and I'm also just a fan of women collaborating with each other, and I love to see it. Mm-hmm. I want to see that more. The whole process has been, like, comical how much of a shit show it's been, in, like, a good way. But in a good way, and here's what I'm going to say. This is what I'm hearing sitting over here and not knowing you at all. We just met about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm hearing that you're relinquishing some control. You're more open. You're more playful. There's more room for these kinds of happy accidents and things to kind of spontaneously happen. Is is that right? Yeah. I mean, it helps that I, like, love my managers and I love Sub Pop and I love the producer that I worked with and really trust them in a way where I'm just like, I'm going to make— the record I want to make, be really happy with everything. And then when it comes to singles, y'all just— take the lead. You know, I have like a couple that I'm like, oh, I would love for that to be there. But for the most part, I don't know what people like. I have no idea. I feel like very detached in that way. And they do this professionally and they're great at their jobs. I will be resistant for some things, but usually it's like they all have a good reason for it. And I just want to be a team player at this point. But yeah, totally different than I feel like it normally happens. Like usually it's like you would be like, this is what I want. This is how it's going to go. And I did that for a little bit. But then hearing everybody out, I was like, all right, let's just do it. If you think this is going to be the best rollout, like this whole record process has been go big or go home in every aspect of it, like with all the leaps and all the changes and everything that it was like, this is just like on brand with the way this whole record has played out. What do I have to lose? It's amazing. And it's so good to hear somebody in this conversation talking about feeling so comfortable at ease and feeling taken care of and supported. Oh, yeah. There's just so many stories. You know them. You've probably lived through them of the opposite of that. Oh, yeah. Can you share, would you be willing to share with us a little bit about your journey? You're here now, but did it take a while to get there? What was that process like of learning how to navigate? Oh, God, I hate this. I hate this phrase. Being a woman in music. (laughs) Oh, am I going to say it? Oh, boy. I mean, that's a lot. It's been a journey. I grew up in a place called Rosemont, Minnesota. Well, back and forth between. I lived in Chicago for a little bit, too, but... From like seventh grade to when I was 18, I lived in Rosemount, and it was like a very uncool town. Nobody was in bands. I knew one band when I was a freshman, four dudes that were a senior, and that was it, which is totally different from Nashville because 
everybody's like, my dad owns Taylor Swift studio. And like, and you're just like, okay, what the fuck? So I was a horrible student. And I, I understand now I'm neurodivergent. I have really bad ADHD. And so my brain just works completely differently than like the public school system. And that's why I went to MTSU because I had like a 2.0 and they accept anybody. But I was like, what am I going to do? Like I'm graduating. I really want to do music. That's the only thing that I have an interest in. There was this art school that you could take electives at my senior year. If you were in the public school and there was an engineering class and I was like, this is it. And it basically became my home. Like I just skipped all my other classes and was there all the time, really close with the teacher. And he pointed me towards MTSU because he was like, listen, you can get in there and you can study audio engineering and that's what you want to do. And so I have him to thank for that whole thing. But I think even starting from when I wanted to do music, not coming from a family that had any music background or had any idea what it was and was like, what are you talking about? You want to do music? Are you kidding me? Like from that point on, I just had this mentality that if I'm going to do it, I need to do everything myself and I need to have no excuses because no one's going to do this shit for me. And from that point in high school, I was like, if I want to be a musician, I know it sounds crazy. It's super laughable. Everybody is like, that's never going to happen. And then I was like, I need to know how to engineer. So I have no excuse to not make records. So that's why I went into engineering. And then when I got there, I just started playing with people. This is actually so wild, but I wanted to do a music theory minor, but that was very complicated. So there was this other music minor that you could get. Anyway, long story short, I had no music theory and I had a teacher who told me, she was like, you need to drop out. You have no music theory. You are never going to graduate. I had multiple teachers tell me that. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. Like, that's why I'm here. And I met with this one teacher who I loved. And she was like, if you help me write songs, I will go after class and teach you music theory. So her and I would meet after class and she would sit down with me at the piano and teach me everything. But just my whole journey was like, and then engineering and being the only woman in my classes, I was like, do it myself. And then when I got going and I started Bully, it was like, I'm going to make these records myself. So I think... 50% of that is just coming from a place where I never would have thought I was going to be able to do that. The other percent of that is being like the only woman and all these things and knowing that I don't learn from observing things. The only way I learn is if I'm physically doing anything, which was a huge reason why I studied the analog tape machine made so much more sense to me because Pro Tools replicates like a tape transport, but we learn on Pro Tools. So there's this massive disconnect. And once I got around the tape machines, I was like, oh, I'm like physically watching this happen. This makes a lot of sense to me. And even that was a cheat because that was a master's class for people getting their master's. And I met with that teacher and studied tape machines under him. And he like let me into that two week program that I wasn't supposed to be in. Basically, all my education is like a fluke in me being like passionate enough to wanting to make it happen and meeting few people along the way that were like, I see that you really care about this and I want to help you. And that overpowered all the people who were like, what are you doing? Like, you're never going to be able to make this happen. So I will take good people over money any day, all day, every day. And I think that is a big reason of why I'm here now and working with the people that I work with, because 
that's not the case off the bat. And so I feel really fortunate that I was able to kind of figure that out and be like, it is so important to surround yourself with supportive people. And that is how you're able to really feel good about what you're doing. We have Alicia Bonano here, Bully, on Shiro's Radio. The new album is called Lucky For You. Let's go to music. What do we want to play next? Let's play All I Do. Yes, the lead track. Okay, we haven't talked lyrics yet. Is there anything you want to share with us about this song before we go into it? Yeah, I'm four years sober on October 30th. And so that was actually it was the first song I wrote on this record cycle, which is crazy that it stayed on the record because that almost never happens. And the vocals for that I just did in my demo room with like a 58, never thinking that they would change. And JT and I felt he just was like, we got to keep these vocals. Like there is so much feeling in these. We got to keep them. So it's just that never happened. So it's really funny that those are like the actual demo vocals that stayed on this track. That is now the first track of this record. But that song is about kind of learning how to live in the same city where you're driving past all these old triggers, you know, places where really dark things happening. And just there's so many things about stopping drinking that are, I feel like I don't really have a lot of conversations about. But in a way, it's like you're totally relearning how to live life. And a lot of things change. You lose a lot of friends who weren't really your friends if you're losing them because you're at bars. And for me personally, I didn't, I couldn't go to bars for a long, long time. I still don't go to bars because it was just, it's too much. And I drink a lot of times to ease my social anxiety. And so definitely not my place to hang out. Uh, I'm like a one-on-one porch hang for sure. That's my vibe. But I can't believe I just said that's my vibe, but I said it and it's over. Yeah. So that that song was basically like learning how to live in the same city that I had been in forever, but as a totally new person and just trying to navigate all the feelings and emotions and the isolation that comes with stopping drinking. And for me, changed my life in a lot of ways, but It was very difficult to like be in that same house and drive past all those places and re-find myself and my place there as a different person. Yeah, I could talk about stopping drinking forever because I just, I feel like I don't get to have that conversation a lot, but there are just so many. Cool. Yeah, there's just like the relearning how to, you know, you're like, okay, I don't go out anymore. That's all I knew to do, especially touring. That's all I did. It was like, I would drink as soon as I got to the venue, before I played, after I played, then I would come back in town from being gone for like three months and I would just feel like a tornado. And that was the one thing that was familiar to me. That was immediately what I would do because it was comfortable and it was what I was used to. And taking all that away and just reevaluating like being kind of insecure about it, like no one's going to want to hang out with me. Like everyone's going to think I'm a wet blanket or whatever. And just trying to find like, who are the two people that I can have come over in the afternoon and have actual conversations with about stuff that matters with substance versus being out drinking and just like repeating yourself over and over again. And yeah, the friends thing is huge. And then the relearning to be in social situations after you've used that as a crutch in so long is still really, it's a struggle for me. Like it's still very unfamiliar. It's still stressful, but you kind of just have to accept. You're like, okay, well, I can't drink anymore. It's not an option. Very dangerous. I'm going to hurt somebody. I'm going to hurt myself. So you just kind of like pick your battles. And there's all these periods of time that you're going through where you're just like, is my life boring now? You know, like, what is it? 
And this is the last thing I'll say about it. But, well, first of all, I'll say always worth it, a thousand percent worth it, especially if you struggle with mental health. It changed so much for me. It took the weight from being 200 to like 75 that I carried on my shoulders. But everyone has a different relationship with it. The crazy part about not drinking as a musician is people will ask all the time in interviews, do you feel like since you stopped drinking, your art is going to be compromised? And that narrative needs to change. change because the whole romanticizing that, particularly with rock and roll and being, you know, just like a shit show of a person that is then entertaining for people to watch. I actually thought in my head I was kind of paranoid because I was like, oh, my God, like, what if it does? And it made it more difficult for me, for sure, because a lot of times a lot of songs that I wrote were when I felt my worst from the guilt and shame that came with drinking. And then I realized, no way, like, stop this train of thought. This is not a thing. If anything, everything has gotten so much better. My writing has gotten so much better. I'm way more present. I'm challenging myself way more. I feel better. And so I can't push that enough for all these people who think just any art in general is accentuated or only due to you being in terrible mental health or like an alcoholic, you know, it's just not the case. Like if this is what you want to do, Jason Isbell said something. It was a quote from somebody. I don't know who it was, but basically he was just like, Writing, depending on drinking, is for amateurs. Like, if you're serious about what you do, you do it regardless, no matter what, all the time. That's not going to stop you. When I read that, I wish I knew the exact quote, but I was just, like, so happy to see that. I was like, he's right. This is not dependent on how messed up I'm getting. Like, this is totally separate from that. Yeah, I just can't push that enough because that whole narrative needs to change. That is so toxic. It is so toxic, especially for people seriously struggling. So I want to go on the record saying, do it. I support you. You will come out the other end a better person for sure. And your art is going to get even better. And I can promise you that. So if you're thinking about it, fucking do it. You're going to feel better. Hell yeah. Yeah. Thank you. here with us on Shiro's. The new album is called Lucky For You. Gosh, where do we go next? We are getting deep. I, like, we have covered so much. When you create the space, 
face. That's what happens. Exactly. I had a conversation with Tegan and Sarah a little while ago, and they were saying, we're like borderline stalkers now where we start like (laughs) reaching out on social media to like every female artist that we love and queer artists to just let them know like we're here, we see you, we love you. Have you gotten to connect with many other women? Has that been a meaningful thing for you in your path? Oh, yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. If I am working with or like touring with all women, which is actually mostly all the time now, I will always make a point to be like, here's my number. If you need anything, fucking call me and we will talk about everything that's going on. And more than not, I will get a call that's like, what's up with this? What's going on with this? And we just dish. And I do feel like there is this community where it's like there is a lot of people that I could trust to be like, what's up with this manager? What's going on with this manager? What's up with working with this person? Is this producer cool? And all this like inner dialogue support system where I feel like that has gotten me through so much. The whisper network. Yeah, the whisper (laughs) network of just like having each other's backs. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, that's like most of who I'm like in touch with and talk to is my friends are just people from that with a lot of the people I know, it feels like a very safe space where it's like, let's dish. Like, if anyone were to tell me anything, I'm a vault. You can trust me with it. I'm never going to repeat it. I'm going to tell you my honest opinion. And I feel like I get that back from a lot of the people I talk to in those situations, which is just really cool to be able to feel like you can do that and be open and honest and know that someone's not going to go talk about it or whatever. So, totally. Yeah. Yeah, and giving back, being the change you want to see, like what you didn't have when you were coming up, giving that to others is so huge. By the way, can I give people your number for production? I was so excited to see on your website, it's not just tour and music and videos. You have a section that's production, your production credits, and I think you did a Mountain Goats record Mm -hmm. and what other stuff have you been working on? Anything you can talk about? No, (laughs) not really. Okay, cool. But I do hear that a lot. Like, man, there's not enough women behind the boards. There's not enough women producing. Producers and engineers, and it'd be awesome to be like, you should ring up Alicia. Yeah, yeah. totally. Okay, yeah. good. That's yeah. good. It's been so fun to have you here. This time is just totally <laughs> flown. Before we wrap up, can we do the Shiro's Magic Wand thing? Yes. Are you ready for that? Yeah. Okay. So, so Alicia, I bestow upon you the Shiro's Magic Wand. With mm-hmm. it, you can change anything for women, non-binary folks in music. If you could change anything, what would that be? I would just say equal respect and no judgment across the board. Like never looking at somebody and assuming where they're at or their skill level or what they bring as a person based off of how they look or whatever. Just a judgment-free, supportive playing field is equal for everybody. That would be my thing if there was no such thing as someone having the upper hand. I think that's a good answer. Judgment-free. That's a great answer. Okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, Want to pick a track to take us out today? Yeah. Do you have a favorite? I know that's so hard. Or something that's super meaningful to you. I mean, A Wonderful Life is really meaningful to me. Want to tell us why that came to mind? Uh... No, No. it's sad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. We'll leave it at that.
thanks to Alicia Boniano. Thank you so much for being with yeah, us on Cheers. Congratulations once again. Thank I'm you. For you. Thank you. Many thanks once again to Alicia Boniano for being with us. The fourth Bully album, Lucky For You, is out now on Sub Pop Records. Catch Bully out on their U.S. tour now through the end of October. Shiro's is produced by me, is mixed and mastered by Kelly Drake. Our original theme music is by Lucius. Shiro's is also a nationally syndicated radio show. You can visit shirosradio.com to find out more and support our work with Patreon or merch from the Shiro's shop. Keep in touch on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Carmel Holt or find us at Shiro's Radio. And please consider leaving us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps us grow and bring you more Shiro's. Until next time, remember, music is our superpower. I'm Carmel Holt. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>